The Coonhound Collective Podcast is brought to you by CZ Welding and Custom Dog Boxes. Dog boxes built by hunters for hunters. Check these guys out today. This is your host, Jason Snurgrove, and I will be your guide as we journey down the road to pleasure hunt or hitting the long trail to those great cop hunts. This is the Coonhound Collective Podcast. Welcome to the Coonhound Collective Podcast today. Today I have the honor of interviewing Mr. Gene Hicks. Mr. Gene, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing pretty good. That's good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, has it been been pretty warm over in Tennessee uh, for y'all? Ooh, it's real. It's real warm. Yeah, we've we, we've kind of went through the uh, same thing here. I, I don't know that Gene Hicks needs much of an introduction. If you uh, if you've been around black and tan dogs for any time at all, your name is kind of synonymous with black and tans. But for somebody that may not know, why don't you just go ahead and uh, kind of tell us about yourself, where you're from, and and things like that. Okay, my name is Gene Austin Hicks. I'm from a family of seven. I was born and raised in McMinn County, Athens, Tennessee, on March the 7th, 1948. That's that's where I rode up. I spent most of my uh, childhood school life there. I've uh, got a high school education. I've got two years of college, and I went to vocational school five years. I worked for uh, an outfit called... Uh, my western house for 32 years 11 months they they moved in here from up north in 1970 and i went to work farm farm and i was a service technician all those years and i farmed some I had my uh, i married francis john hicks in 1975 and we moved to uh Fleetwater, Tennessee, set on Blue Springs Road here in Loudoun County. Her, her family owned the farm and done a lot of hip, a lot of farming and all that. They raised the back and watermelons and all that stuff and growing up. But anyway, growing up, I, I, uh, I rode up coon hunting. First, I think my daddy took me my, on my first coon hunt when I was about I lived about five years old. I won't ever forget it. Uh, he was leading me by hand. We had an old white speckled female we called Belle, and he took me on that hunt. And uh, we got about a half a mile from my house, and I don't know if it was a bear or what, but it upset Daddy pretty bad. And so he just got me by the hand and took me back to the house. We, I drove up in a, till I was 11 years old, I drove up in a, right in a dead end of a hauler. And down there in Athens, Tennessee, and uh, we lived in a four-room log cabin until I was 11 years old when my daddy built a new, had a new house built in, and, and uh, before I spent most of my time, I, I, was, I was in Athens, Tennessee, and went to school there and everything until I was 18, a little past 18, I went in the military for two years, and done, done real well, and, and, uh, and I come back, went right back to my coon hunting, and uh, uh I got my first register black and tan from Earl Gossett in 1964. Uh, my daddy had, he had crossed up dogs as all hound, but he had all six breeds in them. They just crossed up dogs and they was pretty good dogs. And, uh, he, um, he, he, he liked a coon hunt and his brother coon hunted. Uh, my grandfather, he was a fox hunter and most of his sons was fox hunters. But my daddy, he was a coon hunter and that's how I got started coon hunting. But a dog called Big Flash, 
uh, he was uh, my first dog. I got him from Earl Gossett. He was one of the Gossett hounds, and my dogs still go back to that breed way back there years ago. Gossett, the Wagner dogs, and those dogs. But he's my first dog, and I, I won my first hunt with him, or won part of a hunt. Uh, at Telco Plains, Tennessee, uh, 1965, I believe it was. We went up there in the mountains. They had, they had a with many coons and, and right here in Athens, they were going to have the hunt up in that game reserve that night. And, uh, I borrowed my sister's car and drove up there in 65 Chevrolet. I won best of show and then I won, I guess, I believe third in the hunt. And I was just, Tickled death is as good as winning the world hunt back in the day. I never been so happy and, and it come a big snow that night up there and I, I drove back down that river road called North River there, uh, Telco River and well, there's about a, a foot of snow on the ground. And, but I made it. I thought if I can just get the Telco Plains, I'll make it. The roads are pretty straight and even after that and I made it. But been at it ever since. Had black and tans, never hunted them black and tans except for I've trained a few dogs of other breeds for people. I hunted a few walkers and, uh, in nineteen and six when I come back in my army a guy named Henry Brock, he had a real good white English female called Brock Frosty and I, I finished her grand night champion. She's the first grand night I ever finished. She was a heck of a dog. And uh but uh that uh that, that, so I come back to Army, I never stopped. I've hunted all these years, about 59 years now. Yes, sir. And, and that that first, that flash dog, that was your first dog you got from Gossett. There was a write-up in the uh, year, Black and Tan yearbook, and I think you may have told me that that come from a from another article. You you were about 15, is that right, when you got that dog? I was about 15, yes, sir. Yeah, and that's, he, you, you... You uh you ended up spending quite a bit of time with with Mr. Gossett. Is that is that right? Uh, I just talked with him quite a bit, and when I first uh, when I first come back in the army, uh, uh, I was interested in, in another. And I also had, had got a he had gave me a, a female called Topsy. I named her Topsy. And she was out of his dogs on one side, and a dog from, from Alabama that he had bought to use a stud dog called Southland's Midnight Pokey. And he changed his name to Gossie's Pokey, but I really liked her. She was my, uh, I got her after I had Flash, got to talking to Gossie, you know, and he gave me that female to hunt one of his stud dogs, Gossie's Grid, all winter, and I did. And uh, that's how I became Topsy. And she was a great dog. She was going to be my foundation dog. In 1970, I won the Hawaii River Championship with her down there. It took about six hunts, and she's just an outstanding dog with a big mouth. And she was going to be my, my foundation stock, and I got her run over and kill. And uh, anyway, I went up. I called Gossett, and, it, and Earl Gossett, the older guy, the original Gossett, he died. And I was dealing with his son, Dale, and I spent up and spent a couple of days and uh, seen all these dogs and everything. And uh, I picked this pup out. I bought me another pup from him, and uh, I called him uh, Thunder Mountain Mark. That was my first uh, kennel name dog of Thunder Mountain. And uh, Mark, he was uh, he was out with a dog that Gossett bred. He was called Night Champion Vanderbilt's King Mark, a dog, another dog at Gossett that bought. He used a stud dog, and I'll never forget him. I was thinking about him the other night. He's about the finest looking dog I've ever looked at. Boy, he was a nice dog. Anyway, I picked him out of 66 pups, this smart dog, 
and he just started right off. And a, a friend of mine that hung with me for a year, four years now, his name was Melvin Coleman, and he had bought an English dog out of Vincent Sam, big, big red and white dog. Now, the world champion Vincent Sam, he kind of like blue tick in English. And, of course, Melvin down through the years, he, he, he liked my dogs, and he handled several dogs for me, Melvin did, in the hunts before he got past that. But anyway, I remember that Mark dog and very easy trained, and, and uh, we treated coon one night, and I, I cleaned that tree, and I, he, the, Mark was about, th- uh, he was about 10 months old, and, uh, and of course, this dog, this English dog with Melvin had was about the same age. I climbed that tree and threw that coon out. And that just trained that, that just trained that Mark dog. Boy, he just made an outstanding dog right quick. Well, I bought a, I got a whole little Wagner female. It's a 100% Wagner breeding. And uh, I bought her and uh, I bred her to Mark. And, uh, and luckily I did because I got the Topsy female right over and killed. Right after I won about two months, after I won the Hawaii River Championship, and they had a big arc on a big picture of her, and they posted a thing, and that was the local newspaper down there. And, boy, I still got that picture and, uh, of her, but I got to run over and kill. Well, the Mark dog was just doing outstanding. I was just doing in love with him, but I bred that. Dawson's Queen to Mark, and that's what produced Thunder Mountain Mango. And lucky that I made that cross, because then I got the Mark dog run over and kill. So I was left from scratch again. I started from scratch again with the Mark dog, and uh, I mean with the Mango dog, and that uh, come right on up from then, you know. Uh, always been a hard hunter. Used to hunt every night for years. So how I done it. At my age now, I'm 74, but I I did it. I'm all I'm a, I've never hunted nothing but coon. I've never deer hunted. I squirrel and rabbit hunted a lot when I was growing up. I loved that, but uh, my only interest is uh, coon hunting. I never killed a deer in my life. All these guys around here, they love the deer hunt. My grandsons, my sons, they they love deer hunt, but I never done nothing but coon hunt. And I believe that's what a man's got to do if he's gonna. Yeah, any kind of hunting, you only do one thing and really do it right. Yes, sir. So, uh, I'm gonna, I don't know that I'm actually going to back up any, but I, I know me and you've talked on the phone a few times, and I ask you this, and um, just to clear it up for everybody, the Thunder Mountain, the Albert, and the High River, those are all in one and the same dogs. That's, that's correct. It's all the one and the same. They're all Thunder Mountain, Albert, bred dogs, all of them. They all had the same same bloodline all these years. I've crossed other strains of dogs into them, but I'll come right back in those dogs. I'm the dogs I've had all these years. And they've done real well for me. So in your breeding program, when you're when you're breeding, are, are you line breeding these dogs to, to, to keep all that in? And when you outcross, yes. are you just looking yes, for certain, uh, certain traits? Dog, uh, if I find an outstanding outcross, I'll cross them into my dogs, and I'll go right back into my my original stock and it's worked real well for me yes my dogs are got a lot of line breeding okay um so bring bring us up to the to the first albert dog how he come about kind of uh you know that that's that's where kind of albert albert two and that that era that's when i really kind of okay and and 19 I had Mingo, and then I, I, got, I bought a dog that I like, Alamando. You're called Sweetwater Smokey. I like real well. Boy, I mean, I like him real well. And uh, as in the 77 or 78, boy, just an outstanding dog. Made him not champion. I think Melvin helped me 
put a win on him, but boy, just outstanding track. Had a real nose on him, and uh, he went back to, he had a little gossip in him, but he went back to a bloodline of dogs. I was looking at his papers tonight. He went back to, uh, you might remember some of those dogs, uh, Hawkins Black Brandy, those stalker dogs, which Black Brandy was out of, I believe I have a dog called Hughes, goes to second. Of course, goes to second was Al Wagner's Tennessee Sampson. And uh, anyway, I got that. I, I got that, uh, I had mango, but I got that, uh, Sweetwater Smoky Dog. He just laid down and died. That was the introduction of, of Parvo and at that time. And that's when it first hit. Just nobody knew what it was. And I lost him and a couple of females and about 19 puppies at that time. Then, uh, I was uh, over here in Middle Tennessee and I always like to stalk a dog was called the Bloodworth Dog, a dog called Bloodworth Black Bill. And I felt this young dog and, uh, and I, and I bought him and he had turned out really good for me. I made him a dual grand, had a heckling nose on him. He was called Hicks's Black Bandit. Uh, he was about 1980. I made him a dual grand. He lived to be 11 year old and started about a 600 puppies for me. Then I got a whole dog I liked real well uh, that had some of my stuff on the bottom on him. But he was, uh, he went back to dogs like called Timber Roy and some of the Bloodworth dogs and those. But uh, he, he was a, uh, he was a he was a real dog. He was a real dynamite Dan. I made him night champion three first, and he won five straight champion hunts to make him grand night. He was just an outstanding tree dog. He was a hard nosed dog, but he was uh he could just tree more coon than any dog ever seen. Poor pressure tree dog. Never had over fifty coons shot out to him in his life. But once he got he got treed, got treed quick. He was hard to beat. I I placed him uh, uh three times I think at the Grand American and uh, one English sectional. Him. I placed him in several bigger hunts back in, and he died when he was 12 year old. Then a uh, friend of mine down in Alabama's had something to do with his Albert dogs named Nathan Thornhill. Nathan, he died last year, a good friend of mine. He had a, always had good females, and uh, he had an old female, which these dogs, they go back to real heavy, and uh, called Grand Night Champion Thornhill's Black Julie. And I bought a female from him. Two-year-old female called champion. I made her. She was a show champion. I made her a night champion. She was uh, champion, night champion, Thornhill's Oak She Lucy. She was the start of the Albert Dogs. She was a she was the original out star of the out dogs of the Albert dogs. She was an outstanding female with a big mouth. And I bred her to uh, uh, a dog called. Night champion, Cool Mountain, Cool Mountain, Cool Mountain Mort, a dog that Jerry English down in Georgia had. He was a, one of the best track dogs and tree dogs I've ever seen. Big dog with a kind of a rather dog, about 80 pounds. But boy, he could drive a track and rerun one in the water. He was a tree dog of us. But he was out of a, I believe he was out of Tennessee Fiddler. I believe what Big Mort was out of. Anyway, that folks here, Lucy, she was the start of my Albert dogs. And I bred her that Mort dog, and it was outstanding across. And Nathan Thornhill, he got one of the female pups, and he made her a night champion. He called her night champion Thornhill's Hopeless. And, uh, he bred Hopeless to a dog down in Alabama called uh, Grand Night Champion Oaksy Willie Boy. I believe that's his name. I believe that's right. And and that produced produced big time Albert. 
And as a boy, the Cox brother, one of the Cox boys, brother down in Alabama, had big time Auburn and eight, nine months old. Nathan was telling me, he said, man, he just won an outstanding dog, Gene. He said, you ought to watch him go. He said, he just started training coon. He said, eight months old, he's an outstanding dog. Well, I tried to buy him. Nathan said, they don't have him for sale. You can't buy him. Well, two or three months later, Nathan Thornhill called me and said, Gene, that boy, that boy got sick and said, the dog is for sale. So I left on Saturday, and it was about three hours down there. I drove it down there, and it was pouring down the lane all the way. And I tried to dog out, and uh, we didn't. We we had one strike, and it never quit raining. We had one strike, and the big time hour dog, he never did get treated that night, and that, that swamp is a real bad track. It's raining, it's unreal. But I, I made the boy an offer, but it wasn't what he wanted, and. I, I started to drive away. Of course, Nathan was with me. He, I picked him up on the way down, and Nathan said, Gene said, well, I said, Nathan, I know you. We've hunted a lot together. And uh, I said, uh, you think I need to buy that dog? He said, yeah, you need to buy him. Gene said, you'll like him. Well, I just went back, drove off, and I went back. I bought the dog, brought him home, and I started hunting him. And, man, he was just wild. I mean, I, back in, didn't even have a tracking collar. And then, Never had never started using them. I think they was they was available, but I had never got into them. But uh, I done, I lost several days work because the dog would you know would just leave and you know I didn't know where he went. I'd, I'd find him three you know three four hours later and never ever really getting old in a hurry. Well, I bought me a new set of tracking equipment and uh, and things started changing real quick. Boy, and I, I realized then I had I had me an outstanding dog. Big time ever was uh uh. Real good-looking dog, about 55 pounds. Uh, the only thing I didn't like about him, he had a curled tail. And he, he curled it plumb over his back, plumb down on his side. But, boy, he was a powerful dog. Uh, I won the Georgia Hall of Fame with him, uh, I believe, in, in uh, I guess it's 1989 or something like that. Anyway, he won down there both nights. And the boys were down there watching him, and he just – performed outstanding i think he treated about two or three coons on friday night and he'd done the same on saturday night then i went up to grand american and uh double cast winner up probably with me one big and, and boy um boy by the name of bart nason he kept in front of me about buying a dog i reckon he had a lot of money and he just offered me so much that i couldn't stand which uh, i sold him for over ten thousand dollars which was a lot of money back in 1990. But anyway, I already had my eye on two pups out of him and, uh, in Oklahoma, and I just heard they was outstanding. I had a friend of mine go try them out. They, they wanted like $1,500 space for them. So I bought both of them, which one of them turned out to be two-time Albert, and the other one was Diamond Bill. And at 11 months old, they was, I believe I get $1,500 piece for them. That's what I get for them. And I just couldn't believe it. They was like hunting, either one of them, both of them, just like a three-year-old, three-year-old seasoned dog. Boy, they're just outstanding. And uh, I, I wanted to keep them both, but this guy come down here uh, a while later, and I think it was about 20 months old, and I done made my mind up I was going to keep the two-time dog, which he was a good-looking dog, but he wasn't as good-looking dog as Diamond Bill Dog, but he was the fastest dog I ever seen go, you know, two-time dog was. But Diamond Bill Dog was real nice, too. He's almost as nice. And uh, this boy, boy popped up down here from West Virginia, which he ended up buying 
leader buying big time Albert too. His name was David Watts, and he he just offered me so much for Diamond Bill Dog that I sold him, and uh, that's how that came about. And he kept him until he died. He was about ten years old when he died, but two time Albert was was the start of the thing really started happening, boy. I mean, he I'd all I'd won with all those dogs I've mentioned, you know, and done good. That two time dog when he come into play, boy, he just didn't matter who was on the hand. He was a uh, just an outstanding dog from the start, and we could uh, he died early at seven year old. He'd sired eight hundred and twenty one puffs, but he he was a winner every every time you cut him loose. He won all kinds of hunts. Uh, he he uh placed at the Grand American. He won overall winner at the Winter Classic in nineteen ninety four and ninety five both. And I believe he's yeah. the only only dog to do that still to date, if I'm correct. He's the only dog that's ever won the Winter Classic twice. And he scored 750 the first year. Miss Logan done the handling both years. He knows the dog. And uh, he was from Georgia, but he moved to Tennessee. Mitch, he handled him, he handled him all the time. And in the second year in 95, he scored 1,000 with him down there and won it. Wouldn't need nothing close to him in the cast. Of course, he went on. He won the... Uh, I, I, I wanted to do the Hall of Fame with him that same year in 94, the first year, have a winter class in January, and uh, enjoyed the Hall of Fame was March, and he went right down there and missed it, didn't want it with him uh, in 94, the Hall of Fame, I believe he scored 875 on Friday night, won it 675 on Saturday night. But we went on, several people handled two-time Albert, I handled him, Mitch handled him, the guy named Alan Roberts handled him, a boy named Randy Coley handled him, and he won two times. He won the uh, won the Winter Classic twice. He won Georgia Hall of Fame. He won the Georgia State. He won the Mississippi State, Alabama State, and won the Grand National Blue Tick Reunion. I think he was second at Red Bone Days, and he placed at Black and Tan Days. I think misplaced him a third twice, and and the win national that was all national wins and they just never did end and he's an outstanding dog and once he come into play in 1994 and won the winter class and then turned right around one Georgia Hall of Fame the females started coming in uh, from 90, 94 to about 96 we bred about 180 females that's quite a bit and, I, and I've actually got a, a article pulled up here and, and in 1994 as honestly 93 94 95 it, it, if it was a a major event he he was either winning it or was in the top two he was also in 94 bringing yeah. an outstanding night hunt coonhound of the year second overall uh and yeah and the only reason i didn't the only reason uh i didn't win it the whole thing because hey guys this is jason over at the coonhound collective podcast is your dog box starting to get war Maybe it's starting to get a little crack like mine is. Maybe you've just been thinking about it's time to upgrade to a to a new box, but you've asked your buddies and you're just not real sure what direction to go in. Well, let me help you out here. Go check my friends out at CZ Welding and Fabrication Custom Doll Boxes and Aluminum Products on Facebook. You can check out all their custom work they do there and their designs that they do. If you don't see something that you don't exactly like there, Reach out to Nathan at 540-810-5439, 540-810-5439, or send him a message through the Facebook page. I bet he can fix you up. Don't wait till fall to get that new dog box. Go ahead, get that dog box now, 
get you uh, get you something looking good in the back of your truck that that you can be proud of and that you can haul your dog around in comfort. Check my friends out at CZ Welding Fabrication. You won't go wrong. Dog boxes built by hunters for hunters. Get yours today. CZ Welding and Fabrication. That parade of hunt is it, just it, you gotta have a lot of money and you gotta have a lot of time. And, and those boys were all trying to hammer us, trying to go as much as we could. But after after about six months of it, I seen. I said, this there's no way that one parade of hunt being up north one weekend, out in Iowa the next, and south and Mississippi the next, and, you know, it's just almost impossible, almost impossible to make those hunts. So I just quit, and uh, we, we ended up finishing second overall, second overall though. Yeah. And, uh, well, the, 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 just the wins that, I, that I'm looking at here, and I don't think they're all on here. This is an older ad that I'm looking at, and, um, I mean, it, it's just it's just impressive what, what that dog did in, in the short, Three time, three three or four years there, uh, of all the stuff he won, qualified for the PKC World, uh, placed in the safe Jude Jude hunt, qualified for the UKC World, qualified again for the PKC World, the of course the Winter Classic two years in a row, Perina, uh, North Carolina, RQE, Georgia Hall of Fame, uh, and he actually won that also in '92. Is that is that right? 92. Yeah, I think so. Georgia Hall of Fame champion, night champion winner, scored 575 that was, plus. That was in, uh, I believe it was 94. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah, he won the Georgia Hall of Fame in 94, but after he won the Winter Classic in 94. I believe that hunt was in March, and I, like I said, he scored 875 on Friday night, 675 on Saturday night. He won it overall. But now, big time, Albert, had, I had placed him in 1990. Uh, down there one and uh, he was uh, uh, he was uh, the high scoring black tan at the at the winter classic that year he was he was a star he's the first one that, that won at the winter classic so with with two-time albert uh obviously his win record speaks for itself but what what made what made him different over the other hounds to be so successful he's such a dominant dog i've never seen more here Ever you have to worry about him every time you cut him loose. He he was going to go hunt. He didn't mess around and go hunting. Uh, I remember I handled him at the I won the Grand Night at the Alabama State. I believe in '94. And, uh, and man, I remember that I bred a female that evening. And I was a little uneasy about that for a guy. I bred a female down there, but I said I cut him loose. But we just slammed in there and just slammed the coon. Shut the rest of the dogs out on it. We dropped him again, and he done the same thing to him. Then he got got far away, got deep, and got treed. And I treated him, but these boys' dogs they wouldn't do no good, and they end up pulling them out, and we we drove around there to him, and and uh, he went so far. But that was his that was his that was his game, you know. He was a uh, he was extremely fast. I never seen a dog of any any color, anywhere, any breed. Two-time ever. Now, he had a big ball mouth on a cold track, but on a running track, it was, he was a chopped mouth all the way, every breath. Just as fast as he can bark, give a lot of mouth, and he's extremely fast, you know. And, and a coon run it all. Two-time ever would be out running the rest of them. Just is unbelievable. That dog just couldn't stay with him. He just run out my under him, and uh, he, just, he just had that knack, and, and he's just unbelievable. He was a... Uh, uh, wasn't the best layup dog I ever seen, but he was a good layup dog. But boy, he was—he—he he, he didn't do no cheating. He done everything straight up and wide open. 
the first track dog, every breath track dog. And he, uh, when he come treed, he had a big old OK, easy call, and he went into hard ringing chop, extremely loud. People that, uh, if he'd never wanted to hunt, people that hunting with him, they want to come and breed to him because of his style and what he had, you know, he's, uh, and no matter how hard it was, and he's, uh, one thing I say, he has put he put something in all these dogs that's still here, and it don't matter how hot it is. Uh, they were, these dogs they they hunt any time of year, you know. They're just that way. They're bred that way. The heat don't bother them. And two time out, it was an unbelievable tree dog. He's a he's a hundred twenty five to hundred thirty five bark minute tree dog on every tree. Boy, he just um, he had, he won a lot, but boy, his style. Boy, just to see West Sucker running a tree coon and. <laughs> And people couldn't deny him, and they went with him. Boy, they just, they just shake their head. You know, he's, he's something special. He was a special dog, extremely fast. When he was young, uh, he started training coon. He's 10, seven or eight months old. And uh, I bought them both out of Oklahoma, him and Diamond Bill, both dogs, because they were already training coon by themselves. And, uh, and uh, the only trash he run, he ran great fox a time or two. Other than that, never did run deer. Never did run any kind of junk or anything. It just it just come here a coon dog. That's all it was to it. Yeah. So so you alluded there to what he's putting in to what he put into your breeding program. Let, let's talk about some of the puppies that you've had out of him that you've been successful with out of out of two time. Well, start with a three time Maverick, just right behind him, boy, just outstanding dog. Finished him dual grand at twenty months old, and uh, he was a, he was the one that was here that. It was just outstanding. Another dog was, uh, uh, I'm trying to think. I go a little blank sometimes, you have to forgive me, but uh, three time I had a litter mate called uh, Flippo's Mr. Big Shot. Jerry Flippo owned him, and in 2003, he won the Winter Classic. He was a litter mate the three time. He was an outstanding dog. And uh, I'm trying to think the other one's name. It was, it was uh, Albert's Last Change was the other one. They was, uh, I believe there's three males and one female in that litter. And uh, free time Albert was just an outstanding dog. Good looking dog. Good looking dog as you'll ever look at. And he was just, he just outstanding dog too. He was a totally different type dog and uh, two time Albert. Uh, he was a good strike dog, good track dog. Uh, most accurate dog I've ever seen. Three time Albert was the most accurate dog I've ever seen. He's a quick locator. He'll always have a coon. I can count all the coons. He died in his living year old. I can count all the coons that three time I ever missed on one hand. Yeah, that's 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 pretty impressive in, in any breed you are. And one one thing that um I wanted to touch on there, I know me growing up, I, I, I of course most everybody knows that I, I'm a black and tan guy at heart and, and had dogs out of out of your dogs and a lot of the older guys would tell me, yeah, there's no need to mess with that puppy till, you know, they get older, 12, 15 months or whatever. And, and you had dogs starting before a year old, and, and that was kind of before well, its time. People say, well, dogs got to be three, four-year-old, be a coon dog. That's not true. I learned, I learned that I learned that real quick and uh, by having these dogs. And then, you know, then come along, three time I had two sons, boy, that, it's hard to beat. Uh, Sundown Rider and Thunder Mountain Eli. Sundown Rider. Uh, I had a I had a a dog out of three time. I just finished dual grand. Called him Pretty Boy Albert, 
And I had another deer that had, he went out with three times, but he had some, he was all my stuff on the bottom. He went back to uh, the worst colored dogs on top. I'm trying to think of them. But anyway, he was a three-year-old deer old Graham, but I got them dogs killed up in West Virginia. Boy, shot them off a tree and killed them. Boys hunt them for me. I was supposed to pick them up this weekend, but I got both of them killed off a of three. And anyway, I had Eli. I had Pretty Boy and Sailor, and they was a little older than the uh, Eli dog, and the Eli dog was about eight or nine months older than the Ryder dog. I had uh, four outstanding dogs, and I really had five. I had another pup here that I picked up from Bill Schenker out that jet dog, and he ended up being, he ended up going back to Bill, and he made a granddaughter dog. I trained him. I stole him. He was about a year and a half old. I believe the dog was, I can't forget what I called him, but and I don't remember what. Bill called his champion name, but he made him a grand night champion. He was one of the last dogs that Bill Schenker had. But anyway, getting back to the story there, Sundown Rider and uh, Rider come along right after Eli did. And I had Eli up in Merlin, boys hunting him. He got trained in Barrapur and got real bad on him. He was about, about a year old, so um, I had him brought home. I found out I couldn't hunt him in Brown Byer anymore. He lied with a tree of Byer. But I brought him home, and all them Byer hunters all were trying to buy him. And Byer hunters, boy, love good Byer dogs. And all my shepherds trying to buy him. Everybody offered great prices for him. But, you know, he was also, after I brought him home, I just never did hunt Eli the rest of his life. And he died at 11 year old uh, around Byer. And he didn't do him but three tunes. He had a big mouth on him, good locate. But Eli, he uh, he was a little older than Ryder, but Ryder was a, was a, had those five young prospects, prospects here. And uh, old Ryder, he was the youngest. And uh, I sent him over here to a boy's lot. I never hunted him, teased him with a coon hide one day. And, uh, and I, I threw the coon hide up on top of the building up there, and I went to town to come back, and old Ryder still had that thing treed. So I came over to a boy who had a coon lot, and he started pups, and he put him in that coon lot, and uh, he had never been hunting at all, and he was about eight months old. And this is a story on Ryder talking about, I'm getting to that age story. And Ryder, he was uh, about eight months old, and I kept him over one month, and that boy called me and told me, he said, boy, you been hunting this stuff? I said, no, he's never been hunting. He said, man, he trained his coons, and said, I have to go get him bring him to the house, and, and said, he goes right back, and said, he was just doing real good, but I brought him home at nine months old, started hunting Ryder, and he was like hunting a two-year-old good hound, boy. I mean, I said, unbelievable. So... Uh, same up to West Mass in Maryland and West, uh, 11 months old, put three first place wins, three first place wins on him and made him night champion. And they brought him home a month or two later, that was November, and Ryder was made night champion 11 months old. Well, uh, the Winter Classic was coming up in January and Mitch, he was a Eli fan and of course what West was having Ryder and Mitch, he, the Eli dog, he was with no slouch. Eli dog finished dual grand at uh, 20 months old. And uh, and the Ryder dog finished dual grand at 16 months old. So them two sons of three time. Anyway, uh, they took him down to Winter Classic. And Mitch had his, had his heart set on winning that thing again because he won it twice or two times. But Mitch, he won... Uh, he rolled a, a cast of dogs on Friday night, and he won a cast of 275. Then on Saturday night, Mitch scored 675 with Eli. He done real good. And old Ryder, Wes, he called me a raising a cane and a custom on Friday night. He drawed out the wrong club. I said, well, ain't nothing you can do about it now. and Just maybe do better tomorrow night. But then on Saturday night, Ryder got a good draw. 
And I think a couple of dollars ended up scratching out. I think Ryder finished the cast by himself, but Ryder scored 11.25. And he was uh, he was about 14 months old when he won the Winter Classic 2005. And he went on, Ryder, that same year, won National Grand Night Champion Autumn Oaks with eight, 8.75. National Grand Night Champion, breed champion, black and tan. Eli Dog, and also Ryder in 2007, he won... First place at Grand Night Champion at Black and Ten Day, 925. But the Eli Dog was a big winner, too. He won his high school and breed winner to Grand American uh, in 2005 and 2006. They placed in several other hunts, but both of them just outstanding dogs. And people around there was talking about them, you know, had two of them at the same time. My brother, I remember my brother saying, hey, Gene, I would Gene know which one of them dogs. I would never tell nobody which one of the best because one of them was better than the other. But I kept saying, I know Gene knows which one of the best, but they were the power dog, different style dogs, but they, they could dominate everything else they drove, but they couldn't dominate each other every night. One would better one night and Next night, the other was better. That's just how powerful they was. I just, I just look it on them. And powerful, powerful dogs, little dogs. I just, those power dogs out there, I just enjoyed hunting them much as I've ever owned. And I, I owned a whole host of them. Yeah, I, I, and I would say, say so. And, and, you know, the, the dogs that you've owned and the dogs that, that, that they've won and the events they've won speak for themselves for, for sure. So after Eli and, and Ryder, uh, what what was your next dogs there after after you moved on from them? Never did get what I wanted out of Eli. Ryder, I had two dogs out of him, uh, uh, Sundown Sassy and uh, her litter mate brother, Six Time Albert. I believe, I believe I'm I believe I'm not getting ahead of myself. Uh, Sassy made her night champion and uh, uh, sent her up her uh, up at West's and. Uh, she, had up for a couple of months and she come back sick. She had four wins. Uh, she was she had her and six time Albert had both won. Uh, six time won the Tennessee State hunt here around. They call it the Massville Hunt. called it Tennessee State hunt. I hadn't even I started campaigning Sassy first, and she was the better of the two. She was top dog, just like Ryder. She'd fall tree just anytime, anywhere, and, and have a coon just outstanding. I, I made her night champion three first, and and, and she. She was a grand show champion too, and she they had four wins toward grand night champion, and she laid down and died when I brought her back. That broke my heart, boy. She was I just offered all kind of figures for her. She was just she was three year old, had not been bred or anything. She laid down and died, and uh, I started campaigning six times, and six times was an entirely different dog than anything I've ever had. Extremely cold nose. She had a nose. Like Eli, a real cold nose, and you know, and wasn't what I call the most impressive competition hound, but he was. But he had an extremely good nose. He could treat any kind of coon any any time, and he ended up being a you know a Grand Night Champion dog. He died three four. He was an outstanding dog too, and he died at ten years old down in Louisiana, down there at my buddy's house. And uh, both them dogs were outstanding dogs, and uh, they just. The 
the best two out of Ryder. Like I said, I never did get exactly what I wanted. I had some good dogs out of Eli, but didn't get one. And uh, I had several other dogs out of three times. They don't come to mind right now, but I've had I've had several, like the pretty boy dog here that's the outstanding. Two pretty boy dogs. Got, I got shot off a tree at Merlin. He was, uh, in my opinion, he was he was the best of the three. He's a two-year-old dual grand, and boy, he's a looker. And uh, I got him shot and killed. And of course, got the sailor dog killed too. And uh, both of them dual grand dogs. And that's a big blow to me. Boy, it really set me back. And, and you know, them dogs like that, they're hard to get over. You know, and that happens because you know we got you got great plans for them. And got them both killed, and then you know. Uh, Ryder and Eli come in, you know, they were just, they were just a dog, a set of power dogs to be proud of, uh, just great dogs. I believe both them dogs, I believe they died in 2011, something like that. They, they both lived at about 11 year old. Three time dogs lived at about 11 year old. So I'm looking at an ad here, a stud ad, and, and the ad is actually on Six Gun Albert, but it's at the time this ad come out, you had Six Gun Albert as a stud dog. Two time Albert, six time Albert, and Thunder Mountain AJ. That's AJ. I, I forgot about AJ. AJ was out of a. He was a. He was out of a six time Albert. Yeah. So that that's a AJ. that's a full time job with that many stud dogs. I had just a, three or four years ago. I had five here. Of course, I had. Uh, I I made a cross in 2012. Of course, two time died in '97, but I had some semen on him. And I one time I used the semen, and I had seven pups, and I. I I had a, uh, I had a, uh, that cross, uh, it produced a uh, two-time Albert two, which he died about two, about three or four months ago. He was a dual grand ch- champion dog. He was past year old and had a sister and not champion star. Uh, and she died about five months ago. She was also down in Louisiana. Queen female that I had, um, she died about, I believe in April, two years ago, I believe Queen died. And them dogs was all there mates out two time semen pups and there was seven of them. Uh one of them that's still alive is a dog called Thunder. I think he's in Montana. I think he's a bar dog. I told him to Ken Duncan and uh but yeah, um uh, yeah, three uh, two time Albert too was an outstanding dog. Star female was she placed she was outstanding. She placed it black and tan Ryan Stewart placed her up there. She she just died and those dogs are great great directly out two-time map, but this semen dog's out of him. The only one I got left now is a cracker female, and uh, my nephew had had her, and Jeff Hester had, had her, and uh, she, she later made those dogs, and I've still got her now. And I got her bred now to the Roy dog. She might have pups, she might not, but she's, a, she's the last one of those semen dogs out of two-time Albert. Okay. Through, through the years, how much collecting have you done on, on your stud dogs? Have you collected all of them, or was it just a certain few that you that you done that to? I collected two time Albert, and that's it. It's it's a headache. It's a headache, and uh, it's very expensive. And uh, I never did have three time collected, and I regret that. Now I've got a. I had the rider dog collected. I still got four or five straws on some down the rider, and need to use it, but I, I never have. I had, I believe, I had eight straws on him. I've got four straws left up here, and. Uh, Ryan Stewart's got two straws on him down, and so we got six straws on the rider dog. Got one straw left on two-time Maverick, which probably never used. Because main thing I kept my bloodline up. These dogs here, they all the same thing. They're generations those dogs, and I'm happy with what I got. You know, they they all they all take off quick. Three coons early and 
seemed like my all down through the years, my breeding program just got better and better and better. I watched what I do, and I'm real careful, and uh, I'm real happy with what, what I've got, what I'm doing, you know. Be, be competition. I've, I used to do a lot of competition. Huh? I've been everywhere, and I've hunted everywhere, and won a little bit of everything, but I'm 74, and I've had some, I've had some sickness lately, and I don't know, I don't know if I'll ever competition hunt anymore or not. I don't know, you know, I'm not changing the subject or not, but Go ahead, get back to you, get back to your questions. Oh, all I was going to say was what you said there about your breeding program getting better and better. I heard a uh, podcast with Mister Mullins that has the Mullins Feist, and he 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 didn't collect uh, either. And he said he one of the things he said that stood out to me was he was always looking for something better than what he had in his breeding program and carrying it along. And I think in our conversations that we talked about. That's kind of what you've done, and that's where you're at with uh, High River Roy uh, today. Are you tired of whipping, scolding, and shocking to make them get alone? Is your buddy tired of helping you set your dog up for correction night after night? Do you really want your dog to be alone because you forced him to be? Or would you rather him be alone because he wants to be? Grand Knight Champion Small Town Lone Survivor is the product of over 25 years of strong natural-born independent traits. This bold trait has been passed down from generation to generation and is showing up in Loner offspring today. Loner is a direct son of Hall of Fame Grand Knight Champion Cabin Creek Rowdy and Grand Knight Champion Lonesome Dove Lori. Loner has a booming mouth that is talked about in every cast he has been in including the 2021 World Hunt Finals. Loner is a no-reverse, ball-mouth-open trailer who ends it plussed up with a huge dying locate and steady chop. Loner loves getting split and is a stay-put gun-pressure tree dog. Loner's intelligence is also impressive. He knows over 12 voice and hand signal commands. Loner has a character that loves like Jesus, but he doesn't walk on water. If you're interested in breeding to Loner, contact Brett Stevens at Small Town English Kennels at 417-300-3777 or find him on Facebook. If you're interested in running a stud ad for your dog here on the Coonhound Collective podcast, reach out to us at thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. Send us a message through Facebook or Instagram, and we'll be glad to get with you to get your ad bill and get you pricing on all of our ads. Well, getting back to the, the semen deal, you know, it, it's very expensive. You know, it's, I can afford it, but it's a, it's a gamma when you go to breed a female females just got to have them checked checked every day and you know and you know and they charge they charge you know when you make the breeding when you make when you go to breed one it's 800 to a thousand dollars that's just the whole story that's what it costs and to get it done you know if you get up fine if you don't get it you don't you know that's the way it is and like i said i don't have to use semen because i've got it right here same thing and and you know, I've always kept a lot of Grand Knight dogs and the AJ dog. Now he was out six time Albert, and uh, he was out of old Jill female. The old Jill female I had, she was also the mother of my two time Albert two dog, and my she died about 
three-year-old. She was uh, she was had a lot of three-time in her top and bottom. She also had some mares in her, and she's just outstanding female for me. And, uh, and it's hard to beat, you know. She she produced she produced uh, uh, she's a mama of AJ. She is a mama of uh. My Albert two dog and my queen and star females and old dogs, you know. Don't want to leave her out. She is an outstanding female. It, it seems like but to me. I've, too- had a, I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of uh, outstanding females down to, there's always been a male dog man, but I've had some outstanding females too. Yeah, and got it's. Some good, I got some good ones right now, but you know. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, it seems to me that in these litters uh, of puppies that you've bred with, with the select breeding that you've done and picking out, that you've had a pretty high percentage of success rate on pups that turn out out of the litters. I never, I never get nothing but good reports on my puppies anymore, and uh, and I sell. Believe it or not, I've never bear hunted, but I sell to as many puppies as I. The bear hunters, I do coon hunters, and uh, I, I, I used to try to keep up with the the, the competition game and, and stay in the circle as far as the champions list. But, I, you know, like I said I've championed a lot of dogs myself, and I tell you, it's a hard game. It's a long, hard road. I've had a whole host of Grand Night Champion dogs, and uh, I think the last time I counted, uh, I think it's 24 or something like that. Just not just grand night champion dogs. Not counting all the night champions, show champions, grand show champions that I made down through the years. Uh, but it ain't no easy road. You know, it's a pretty good road just to grand night champion one dog. And I've had a host of them. But thinking about it, they, they stay behind my fence up here. They can't be made up. They gotta be. They gotta be powerful. I'm a man that never did lost get beat. That's where I've been all my life, and I I, I expect no. I won't. I can't handle it if they they know what they ought to be. They can't stay up here. I demand the best, and and when anybody when I go to hunt still, you know, they find out they're dog gene X, they they start getting a little nervous then because. I, when I take a dog to a hunt, it's a dog to win. I ain't gonna hunt. I ain't taking no counterfeit out there. Yeah. I've won a lot of hunts in my lifetime. I've been at it a long, long time. You know, won a lot, of, lot of hunts, lot of, lot of hunts. Yes, sir. Do, do you, from the time that you started, excluding electronics as far as tracking system, shock system, do, do you see a any change in the dogs and and what what was coon hunting then and what coon hunting is now today? Pardon me, now I didn't get all that. Repeat that. From the time that you started coon hunting years ago uh, up to today, uh, excluding the electronics part of it. Of course, electronics has changed uh, since we started. But but do you think the dogs have gotten better over the years that you've had them? Uh, are, are the dogs better today that you had them when you started? Yes, or? yes, yes they're better. Okay. They're better. But, you know, I, I missed something while ago. I don't, you know, I sell puppies, to, you know, to hunters, you know, or any kind of hunters, cat hunters, bear hunters. I got a guy right now out of Alaska wanting cat dogs, and I said, well, they'll run, they'll make bobcat dogs if that's what you want, bear dogs, whatever, you know. But I breed for coon. I thought I'd ever done a coon hunt, but my dogs do. Do good on bear and cat and all that stuff, but I was getting back. I don't, you know, just try to, you know, keep up, you know, 
the champion list and have them in the, you know, this and that. But now, you know, I just sell the pups and uh, I don't get no, anybody comes here, anybody comes here nowadays, I just sold a litter of 10 pups here the last way you can. Uh, everybody here to come here and get those puppies just like where they look, what they're saying. And all my dogs, they, they just said they never seen anything like it. And, and yeah, my dogs, they, any kind of coon and big game that perform. And they, my dogs got a lot of hunt, a lot of drive, a lot of speed. And uh, the number one ingredient I breed for is brains. And I've got it. And uh, I'm, I'm real happy with what I've got. I, I know I'm on my last leg. I'm, I'm on a downward stroll, but I'm going to keep going as long as I can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we, we've been at it close to an hour. But before we close it out, I do – I do want to uh, mention, uh, or you talk about High River Roy. I know he's the dog you have now. He's a good-looking dog, and kind of tell us a little bit about him, where he come from. He is six generations of my dogs, and uh, his mother, I called her, I called her Ellie, and I took her. I was thinking about, I made a cross here while back. I bred the, let me get it here. I can't remember everything just like I want to. Let me get here. Roy's pedigree here. Well, I can tell you what what you've remembered just in our short conversations is more than I can remember most of the time. Well, my wife says I got a good memory, but I've been losing it a lot. But anyway, uh, what brought that about? I bred. I bred this star female, which is, she was a two-time Albert female. She had one of them semen pups. You know, she died here five or six months ago. She was a litter mate of my two-time Albert two dog that just died, you know, here three or four months ago. He was a dual grand dog, boy. He was a coon dog. I was really happy with him. And he was out old two-time in jail. I mean, yeah, he was out old two-time in jail. That was a semen dog that I raised in 2012. But what brought that all about, I made a cross here while back. I bred that star female. I bred that star female to uh, uh, Miss Loggins' Uh, Logan's his mountain monkey dog, a dual grand dog. And monkey was out of grand night champion. Logan's his four-time Floyd, a dog that I bred and raised as a pup here. And I let Mitch have him. He'd handle a lot of dogs from him. I let old Mitch have old Floyd when he was about 10 months old. He he took him over middle Tennessee, and he, he wanted to hunt with him. We ran up like 10 days when he was 11 months old and placed him up there. Guy, uh, Ed Abel tried to buy him. And, uh, I let the bitch have him, but Floyd was out of a, a Grand Night Champion, Grand Champion, three-time Albert, and Baker's, and, well, she's Thunder Mountain Mandy now. I sold old Mandy later, but now old Mandy, the only outcross dog right here, that Mandy female, uh, that Floyd's mama, he, she was out of Super Sting, Oasis Daddy. But anyway... I was thinking about this. I made, I bred that star female to the monkey dog. And I had a litter of pups here. You know, there's a pup in that litter board. I just had my eye on. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, I wanted him, I wanted to kind of keep him myself. But Mitchie's buddy come up here and he just had to have that pup. And he calls him Bert. 
and he's a cold black dog, and he's just outstanding coon dog. He placed him twice at Black and Tan Days, and that's about all he's ever been in. But he lived down there on the Washington River, and he's about a 55-, 60-pound dog, just cold black, good-looking dog, big mouth on him. That river down there where Ellis lives, called the Hawassi River, and boy, Ellis says that circle said, if you don't keep him up, said he'll swim that river two or three nights a week and trick him. And I'd hunt with him. I knew he was an outstanding dog. Anyway, I got thinking about something, and uh, I had a female here called uh, uh, Ellie, Thunder Mountain Ellie. And Ellie, I'd, so, I'd sold her, I sold her a year or two ago to a guy up in Virginia, a black guy. And Ellie was out of Grand Night Champion, Grand Champion Hicks's Thunder Mountain Eli, and my Thunder Mountain Mini female. Well, old Mini was out of Grand Night Champion Sundown Rider, and my Diamond Jill female. And okay, that was kind of doubled up there. But at Ellie female boy, she was a uh, she was just outstanding dog. I saw Mitch; he hunted some, and everybody hunted. She just she go through your turn. And I decided to breed Ellie for that boat dog that I, 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 I bred and raised as a pup that Ellis has got now. So I went down and I made that cross, and there's five of them puppies. And that is where Roy, however Roy came from, that's, that's, that's what he's out of. And he got all my dogs here, top and bottom, three-time average, two-time, big-time. Uh, Mitch's best dogs, old Floyd and old Monkey, and you know those dogs all Grand Night dogs come from here. Uh, you know, and you got all them dogs double up our six generations, uh, top and bottom, and that's that's Roy's Roy's six generation, five generation pedigree here. I'm looking at, but he's he's all my stuff, and really proud of him. He's a just he's he him and uh, his sister Rena. Uh, I mean. Uh, uh, Rebel Rain, I call her. Uh, I kept him and her, and there's five of them. And uh, Ellis got a male, and he's a good dog. And I sold a, a male to a boy in, in South Mississippi. He's a good dog. Another female, there's three males, two females, and she's over on the coast of North Carolina. Tried to buy her back, I won't sell her. But anyway, I got Roy and Rena here, and it's just been big things that's happening. It, uh, they started a uh, I think I showed them a coon or two. Then at nine months old, they they treated their first coon, and they ain't never looked back. Both of them was just outstanding pair of dogs I've ever hunted. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade them for any that I've ever had down the years. I don't campaign them other than show them uh, the local shows. Made them both grand show champion. Both of them are just outstanding dogs. Roy Dog is a highly intelligent dog. Extremely good looking dog. He's a all the dogs I've ever had have had a lot of good-looking dogs. He's in the class, same class as a Thunder Mountain Mingo dog. I mean, that's saying a lot. Roy Dog is one of the best-looking black dogs ever walked. I've looked at all of them in my lifetime. I've judged the World Show, UKC World Show three times. I've judged the Winter Classic twice. I've judged all the state shows. I've judged, been a Spanish show judge since 1970. I've been a master hound since they first opened that up to anyway. I know dogs and what's supposed to look like, and this Roy dog is this outstanding-looking dog. But he's highly intelligent. Boy, he goes hunting, and just soon you unsnap him uh, uh, by himself or the other dogs. It make no difference. He's got a, a big rolling ball and chop mouth on the track, 
and uh, comes down a tree with a with a big rolling kind of a big I don't know it's kind of a big rough ball. Then he goes in a hard ring and chop. And Raina she's Raina she's the uh, same way. She's chopped mouth all the way. But she's 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 outstanding. She's probably it's good, not better than Roy, but both of them just outstanding dogs. Both of them outstanding water dogs. Uh, I went hunting here, uh, here on one night last week. I've been sick here a while back. I had a stent put in and had some other issues. I just, I backed up on my hunt the last couple of months. I've started again. I went last week and it real, it's been extremely hard, you know. I took over, I loaded up four dogs with myself. I loaded over six times, six gun out of it. We forgot about him. We ain't talked about him. And, uh, over six gun, I loaded him and Roy and Raina up and a pup out of, Six gun Albert, I call Mr. Albert. He's a he's out of my he's a pup nine months old. Well, my six gun Albert dog, and and my old cracker female. Uh, old six gun Albert. Now he's a he won his first hunt. He's eleven months old. He won three first make night champions. I won uh old six gun. Uh, he uh he won uh eight out of nine. He won. Uh, he won eight out of nine casts to make Grand Night Champion. I only lost one cast with him, and uh, them boys. The reason I lost that cast, them boys put the possum on me at night. But that, that six gun dog, he's a he's coming six. He's an outstanding dog. He fell out of a tree about three years ago, and it it, it made it, he started getting real heavy, and now he's low thyroid. I give him pills twice a day, but he's still he's still uh probably the best dog I've got here. He is a uh, Six Gun Albert is six, gener- six generations of all dual grands on the sire side, going back to big time Albert. I'll name them. Six Gun Alberts out of six time Albert. Six time Alberts out of these dogs I mentioned now, all dual grands. Six time Alberts out of a Sundown Rider. Rider out of three time Albert. Three time Alberts out of two time Albert. And of course, two timers out of big time. That is Gun's uh, sire side. His mama. Is a female that I bought, I found for Ryan Stewart. She's a grand night female. She's dead now, but that's, that's Gun's mama. But this gun dog is one of the better dogs I've ever owned. Boy, he's, uh, all my dogs on the top, six generations of them. And, uh, right now he's a gun dog is a UKC show champion, grand show champion, night champion, grand night champion. He's a PKC champion. He's got six wins toward a grand night champion, too. I just ain't took the time to put them other two wins on him. But he's just one outstanding dog, six-gun Albert dog, yes. A little bit better than a Roy dog, not much, but the Roy dog, I really like him. I like him as well as anything I've ever hunted. He just he just, he just, just got it and looks in a building. And Roy, he's a very dominant sire, man. It's like I just sold 10 pups out of him. He's, he sires a whole litter of puppies just like himself in a color and type. And he puts that big mouth on them. I just sold... I just sold here. Uh, I got sick here a while back. I had two young dogs, about 11 months old out of Roy that I raised. I had two males and a female. Still got the female, but I sold one of the males up to boy up Minnesota. And I sold the other one out to Ken Duncan out in Utah. He's got black and tans. He's, he's been getting dogs for me since 1975. He coon cats and bear hunts all. But he got a lot of dogs for me. But, uh, uh, yeah, uh, the dog that I saw we got in Minnesota was just 
he was outstanding. Pup, I called him Diamond Jack. Those guys paid for him, but kind of regret selling them. But they're out of Roy, my big river female, and she is a, a female of the old line. She goes back to a lot of the old Wagner dogs, and she just been a she just crossed outstanding on Roy, and uh, I'm real high on her. But yeah, I'm real, I'm real, real happy with the Roy dog. I like to be able to take him and campaign him. He's a He's got everything you could ask for in a dog and looks and ability. I couldn't ask for any more. I took him. I took him. I treated one coon and I was hot. I said, man, what gun? He's too heavy. And I led those dogs out of the wood, put them up, and I brought them home. And I put them up. And I, my second place where I called the lake, I, I just took Roy by himself. I went up there and I turned him loose. We went in there and struck. Went left-handed, 171 yards, and slammed the coon. A little rough getting to him. Well, they they changed the roads in there on me. They changed them little roads. They ch- cut new roads in there. The guy that owns it has. And I I, I went the wrong way. Even my garment there got about a half mile the wrong way. And Roy struck to treat another coon. And when I had that, and I got him rounded up. I mean, that's a good night around here. I done seen three coons, one to first place and two here. Then I started back, and I. I Roy was the other way, and I'd come on toward the truck, and I got over close to where I got some feeders and corn feeders and stuff. Old Roy come through there and passed me, and went over and fell a tree, and there's uh, six coons up that tree, and old Sal, about five little ones. <laughs> I had a pretty good hunt. See eight coons in one night around here, usually one or two is all you'll do. Yeah, I, I, I would say that's a that's a very good hunt. That sounds like like us here. If we, we get one or two, I'm, I'm tickled pink, and more than that, I'm just – Super. But I didn't mean to leave that six gun dog. Yeah, that six gun dog is good a dog I've as good a dog I've owned any of he, he he's a top notch dog. You know, the only like I said, the only fault if he fell he don't ever he had never tried to climb, but he treated a coon about two and a half years ago and he just he fell into another tree and he just got on that thing, walked up over where the coon was and fell off about sixty five foot, it about killed him. But uh he swelled up like that, and, you know, they had him checked out and everything, but they, you know, he's a little thyroid now, give him pill every day, but he's still an outstanding dog, boy. He's just, he's, he's Albert all the way. He's big, big, good-looking dog. He's a dual grand dog. He's, he's a nice dog. Like I said, he's PKC champion. He's my main dog here right now besides Roy. Well, uh, we've been at it a little over an hour, and we have covered decades of black and tan dogs there at your kennel. And I'm sure within all of that time frame, you, you've got a coon hunting story or two you can share with us, whether it be funny or serious or, or whatever. <laughs> so if you don't mind, uh, I always try to end the podcast with a, uh, with a good coon hunting story. If you got something you could share with us, that would, that would be awesome. Oh, let me see. I'll have a lot of coon hunting stories. <laughs> I don't know which one. <laughs> well, when when you've been in the business as long as you have, that there's definitely some stories there uh, that 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 can be told. That's for sure. You know, just sitting around a coon club somewhere and you get to telling stories and and uh, that's 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 some of the the best times to me. Yeah, that's, that's true. I was trying about I was trying to think about one of the funny ones. Uh, I said my memory is the best. I like it, babe. I was trying to think one of my. Best funnier times. I can, you, I can tell you about some bad hunts too, and some cold hunts. <laughs> I'm a guy that's hunted. I've hunted. Uh, 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 I hate to say it, but you know, you don't always have hunting partners or anything. I've hunted. I've hunted a lot the last four years by myself. 
I, I still do a lot of hunting by myself. I, I'm not supposed to go with these grandsons. They stay on me when they can't go, but I still I still go a lot by myself. But I just can't think of my funniest story right now. Yeah, I, I do I do quite a bit of hunting by myself self too, and, and I used to didn't like that. I used to like to go with somebody, but I've get, gotten where I'm messing with so many young dogs now. I, I just about want to go by myself that way. I ain't bothering nobody else, and you know I, I like to take take a dog by itself and come back and get another one, and I, I can kind of have my own schedule. You know, um, hunting by yourself, you train a lot of dogs. It's, it, you can train a lot of dogs hunting by yourself. I, you know, not man to, but I've I've been a you know down through the last last forty years, especially I I've been a hard hunter and. It, and, you know, a lot of times even your best friends don't want to go. And I had two sons. Neither one of them made coon hunters. One of, them, one of my sons died in 2010. The other one's in the Philippines right now. He's building a big store over there. But anyway, I got two grandsons here, and uh, both of them, is, especially Logan, they've coon hunted. Uh, since Logan started hunting, he started hunting at about five years old. But here lately, he's backed off it. But he's got, he's married and got four little girls. And the other one, Grayson, he just got uh, a new boy just been born. That's the only one he's got. But them boys, they, they, they hunt with me quite a bit and help me, you know, and with the dogs. And that's appreciated. And I'm just hoping that, you know, like I said, neither one of my, coon, my sons made coon hunters and these grandsons that started out that way. But I, I spent my whole life building this bloodline of dogs. And I was just thinking back to that. I told my wife, I said, something happened to me. I said, I hope it's somebody else. I take these dogs over and, and, and promote them right. I don't want these dogs to uh, just go to anybody. I'm very, I'm very picky about my dogs. I take the very best of care of them. You know, it's like kicking their ears and making sure this and that. I'm, I'm at the dog kennel at least twice a day. I, I, I take care of those dogs like, a, like they're my kids. And that's, that's the way I am. I just, I, I like to really don't take care of stuff, but I hope, you know, if something, you know, I don't plan on, I probably won't be around 10 many more years. I hope I do, but I'm hoping somebody will come, you know, promote this bloodline of dogs and keep them going because they are a good, good strain of dogs. I spent my whole life at it. I guarantee they'll stand with the best. And show or hunt. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do that's for sure. Maybe your grandson's there. I know life kind of sounds like it's caught up to him right now, but I'm sure if it's once it gets in you, it's hard to get away from it. I got out of uh, coon hunting for for a little while when I moved from Alabama to Missouri. But I tell you what, every fall when when that first stamp of cool weather would come along, and man, I I'd get the itch like like there was no other, wanting to be in the woods with a with a hound and I finally was able to buy me a place where I could have a hound and, and got a few here now. And, and I, I really enjoy it. And I, I hated that the, the years that I, I missed uh, coon hunting. For oh yeah. Well, I've hunted year round. I've hunted year round and, uh, I always have. And, uh, I just, I've always been a, I love to hear a black dog going there and run trick hunting. Boy, I love to hear a black dog trick hunting. I care any kind of good dog trick hunting, but I like a black, to hear a black dog trick hunting. I like to hunt. Just in my veins, and I'm hoping somebody will take him, take him over, and go on with him one of these days. Uh, I'm hoping that, and uh, but I mean, you probably think I'm the craziest filly you ever talked to, uh, but 
I get a lot on my mind, but I can't think of any. Yeah. No, I you, just ain't a, no you're, you're good. I, th- this has been good. I, I've, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know we've, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people stop by here. A lot of people stop by here just to look at the dogs. They got here right where I'm sitting. It's quite a little show, pretty good little showroom. Got a lot of history on the wall. Got a couple of collars here, plumb back to Mingo and Bandit, and got two-time Albert's collar hanging up there. Got 94-95 champion on it. Got a lot of history here on the wall. A lot of dogs. A lot of dogs. And even got a picture here, over here on the one side, it's got a, a cover of old Full Crime magazine. is Mr. Hans Wagner with uh, three of his dogs. Pretty good picture. Back in 1965. Uh, you know, uh, Got all kinds of got all kinds of stuff. Anything you want to see here, but a lot of people stop here. So you know it's a hard thing to get used to too. You know, you appreciate people's interest and everything, and uh, but a lot of people stop. You know, and it, it's it's kind of got old. But I really appreciated all the people down through the years. It's it supported me, you know, and and helped me. You know, I've had a lot of people help me with the dogs. I've had a lot of people, you know, interested. And you know, stop here. A lot of people stop here just to see the dogs, and that's okay. Uh, it's 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 a part of my life. So anybody that read this podcast is welcome to come see these dogs, even if I can take you hunting. I guarantee you, you like what you see when you come here, and I can back up everything I say about any of these dogs in the, in the timber. It won't take them just about a few minutes to show you what they can do, and, and, and they, they're pretty the same every night. Sometimes you can have a bad night, but I don't, you know, these dogs, they, after all these years of breeding them, you know, I know what I'm turning loose. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, for makes sure. It, it makes it, it makes it kind of worthwhile. Yeah. Not bragging, but it's facts, you know. Yes, sir. And, and you know, that the, the original plan was I was going to come out and we were going to do this in person and things with life and, and stuff kind of got in the way and I wasn't able to come out there. But I, I, I'm still I'm still making plans to, to get out there and meet you in person and, and shake your hand. And I definitely want to check out your, as Trevor Wade uh, relayed to me, your, your black and tan museum that you have there in your in your study there in your house. So. Uh, and also, you know, uh, let me bring this in. I don't know if you you, you want them, but you know, if you just take those, you want. I've got, I've got, I've always been a picture person. I've got thousands of pictures. I've got pictures of all these dogs down through the years, you know. Yes, sir. I passed them around. But anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'll go ahead. No, no, you, you're, you're fine. You're fine. Well, uh, we we're a little over an hour uh, talking here, and I know you've been out in the dog lot and. It won't be long. It'll be dark and time to turn a turn a hound loose. Is, is there anything else that we missed that you wanted to cover, or anybody you'd like to thank before we before we close this out? Ooh, there's a lot of people. You know, I'd like to thank, but you know, I start. I hate to start mentioning names, so I leave somebody out. But I guess you know, I thank my wife for John. You know, she know she is. You know, a lot of wives, a lot of wives don't go for a coon hunting. But for 47 years we've been married, she's never said a word. If I'm gone somewhere on a hunting trip, she's right up there feeding them dogs. She's been real supportive, and I probably couldn't have done what I've done the last 40 some years without her. She's been real good. John has, and uh, uh, she, she's been real good. For the dogs, she's been real supportive, you know, and she's been a hip in hand, you know, and that's that's a lot, you know. She's uh, uh she's been a blessing to me. 
Yeah, yes, sir. Well, and but I've had a lot of friends. Well, I had a friend, uh, you know, Miss Loggins, Alan Roberts, guys like that. That's the only I can just list a whole bunch of them that's handling and helping me, you know, and hunting dogs for me, you know. And I appreciate all of them. Uh, I hate to start keeping naming names because I don't want you know start naming names and leave somebody out. But you know, it's it's a long time ago. People don't know. They don't remember back in and back in, you know, but. I got into black and tens early, and you know, there's a lot to be said about Earl Gossett and Gossett Hounds, and there's a lot to be said about Hans Wagner and those dogs. I'll tell you what, those guys are, they're two of the originals, you know, that started breeding those dogs, and they were, you know, it's the hounds we got today, and you know, and a lot of people wouldn't have them. Those guys are, was foundation, you know, breeders, and, and they knew what they was doing. And also, I've, I've looked and I've read their books and their pedigrees, and I've, I've, that's also helped me in my breeding program. You know, those guys are dead and gone, but I look at, I look at a Wagner pedigree on a dog here and a dog there, you know, and I say, well, how you bred those dogs and how you go out and come right back. Gossett would do, Gossett would do the same thing. And that's why you get, and you know, like, like Gossett, he had those, he started out with a longer ear type dogs, but you know, then one of the first dogs that he brought in, uh, the, uh, the medium ear type was a dog that was Wagner bred. And that was a dog called Gossett Sagacious. A lot of people don't know this, but that was a Wagner bred dog. That wasn't a Gossett dog, but they ended up being one of his biggest stud dogs. And, uh, uh, yeah. You know, those dogs, those guys are wanted to be guys like Joe Bloodworth. He bred those dogs for several years. He, I really, I was seven, eight year old and I watched him, you know, run those ads on Bloodworth, be on big 10 miles a peg. He bought one of those dogs. Uh, he couldn't get one out of Bill. He was like 26th on the waiting list back in 60, 61, I guess. And he ended up with a pup out of big timber from a, uh, a daughter of a black bell, but he turned, called him Big John. He turned out to be a pretty fire dog, but he wasn't, he didn't turn out to be the dog that my uncle Peg was looking like. Back in the, back in the early years in the 50s and 60s, those, like my daddy and those guys, you know, they had those dogs crossed up, you know, black and tan, blue tip, walker, everything in them, you know, and they thought at the time those dogs were but the best they was, and even, you know, up in the early years in the 50s and 60s, from up in the 70s, they still had those grade casts. But, you know, I know today, those dogs are, those dogs, those crossed-up dogs, they weren't as good as what we're hunting today. It don't matter if you're hunting walker, black dogs, or blue tick or what. They're just, they was good dogs, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't what my daddy and other people thought they was. They three coons, you know, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't the top kind of dogs I hunt today. I knew that, you know, same way other breeders, you know. Well, and you know, you, you hit on something there, Mr. Gossett, Mr. Wagner, Bloodworth, them, uh, you know, they, they were the foundation breeders and, you know, also Gene Hicks has done a lot for the black and tan breed, uh, coming through the years, uh, trying to take care and protect that bloodline and, and, and keep good dogs bred year after year. And, and, you know, when it, whenever your name's mentioned, it's just synonymous, like I said at the beginning, with, with black and tan coonhound. So, you know, the, the work that you've done to, to keep your, your bloodline going and, and only outcross when you needed to to get what you needed, uh, I, I think speaks, speaks a lot. And it shows in, in what your dogs have done and what they've won. Well, uh, I like a good hound. That has been my first goal, you know. I'm kind of a guy, and I think everybody be that way. 
I've never been satisfied. You know, I've never been satisfied. And uh, I think that's the way a man ought to look at it. And that's the way it's been for me. I'm always trying to, I'm always trying to better my dogs, you know. And I'll say this, all down through the years, I've seen all kinds of different things happen. I know back in the 70s, there's a lot of it, 80s. And some of the black tan breeders, even. There's a lot of people, you know, back in, you know, uh, you might call what you say crooks. And, and they put papers on those dogs and everything trying to get us wrong. But I can tell you right now, I ain't put, I ain't ever put no papers on no dogs. I ain't never cheated nobody in the hunt. I'm straight down the line. I've kept a pretty good reputation down through the years. I've, I'm sure people say bad stuff and as well as good things about me, but they can't say old Gene was like it. I've kept it straight down the line. That's, that's the way it's been here, because if something went right up here behind this fence, it couldn't stay here. I just ain't going to get into that stuff. I, I'm, you know, but you know, back in the old days, and a lot of the, a lot of the dogs have come about, different breeds, false restoration, things like that, but no, it ain't going to happen here. I, I built this breeding program, and it's, it's honest. And I've tried to be honest myself, and I, uh, I try to be honest with everybody I've ever dealt with, and, and truthful with them, you know. Tell man the truth, and I've always had a job, you know. And I, I've never been in a dog, in a dog as a business. It's always been a hobby to me. I've sold a lot of dogs. I spent a lot. It don't matter, but it's something in my lifetime, and I enjoy it. I enjoy it, and I'll still be doing it when I die, <laughs> if I'm able. <laughs> I like a good dog, but hey, saying this, I'll let you get off here. You or anybody is welcome to stop here and save the dogs. Well, I, I do appreciate that, and I do plan to try to get out there and, and meet you in person, like I said. And, and I do want to thank you for taking your time to be on the podcast tonight. And uh, I know we've been trying to get this set up for a little while, and I and I really do appreciate appreciate you taking your time to be on here. Well, I hope it'll be all right. I hope I just, I'm, I'm bad about getting get to thinking and change the subject on a man, but that's me yeah you're 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 fine mr gene i i really do do appreciate it for sure and i i thank you for taking your time to to do this and and kind of discuss your line of dogs i I think it's important not only for the black and tan breed but for coon hunting period you know i i I hate to say it but the last three or four years i've been kind of seeing the you know just every night coon hunting falling by the wayside I don't. I don't hope it don't die out on us, but it could. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I don't know if you, if how many pleasure hunters are out there. I still see you know competitions going on, uh, open events being you know hunted you know every night of the week pretty much, and and dogs showing up there, and you know they're not no great big numbers, forty fifty dogs, but you know when. Nowadays, you know, we're we're on a Tuesday night. We're pulling, you know, eight, ten, twelve dogs at a on a Tuesday night. That's good. That's 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 pretty good, I, I think, still. And you know, I I just think it's a different time than what it what it was, you know, before. It is. It is. You know, back back fifteen years ago, you go to the spring hunt, you might you might look at thirty, forty, fifty dogs at a, at a local hunt. Right. You don't see that anymore. You don't see that anymore, do you? No, sir. No, sir. You don't. But yeah, we, we, you know, th- there's just so many hunts now. I think that that contributes to it as well. You know, that you, I can be, I can be at a hunt, uh, every night except for Sunday night, probably within an hour and a half, two hour drive of my house, uh, mm-hmm. j- j- every night of the week, every, every week. So, 
you know, I think that contributes to to the numbers at at uh, at some of these local hunts. But um, yeah, I you know they're they're still around here. There's still a few pleasure hunters, um, but a lot of them are, you know, hunt you know just in the winter time. They don't hunt through the summer when it's hot, but. Um, there, there's still, still a few, few pleasure hunters around for sure. Thank you, Mr. Gene, for being on here. I, I really do appreciate you taking your time, uh, to be on here tonight and, and talk about your dogs and, and the history of them. I appreciate you. Thanks guys for listening to the Coonhound Collective podcast today. We really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to listen to the podcast. If you don't mind, head over to Facebook and give us a like and head over to Instagram and give us a follow. It's both at the Coonhound Collective. Also, if you would like to reach us here at the Coonhound Collective, you can reach us at the Coonhound Collective at gmail.com. If there's someone that you would like to hear on the podcast or a product that you would like to here talked about please send it to the coonhound collective at gmail.com thanks again have a great day